0: State line, New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make the Elm City tick. Nothing ticks better than Pundit Friday, which we're about to begin here at WNHH Studio. We've assembled the number one pundits in the media universe—not just great pundits, but great people. My favorite people to end the week with. Pundits like the dairy free goddess of our grassroots radio operation, Babs, Rawls, Ivy, editor of the inner city news and host of Love Babs Love Talk. Hello
1: for the third hour. <laughs> the third hour. <laughs>
0: We got the Queen of Quipery and the Contestants of Compassion, La Voz Publisher, Norma Rodriguez Reyes. Hola. We got the flyest news hunter-gatherer this side of Flea Street. The person you see I'm everywhere. i real fly today, too. The one you see everywhere in New Haven. Star New Haven Independent Reporter, Markeisha Ricks. Happy yeah. Friday, people. We got WNHA Station Manager and Heavy D, Donald Trump devotee. Harry Droz, the bravest man in New Haven.
2: Harry Trump. <laughs>
0: I think i got one other person here. The Raker and Breaker of Fakers, the Righteous Reaper the of Restitution, of the Griot of the Grassy Knoll, yeah. the Driver Out of Demons, Discord, and Dissonance, the Optimizer of Opulence and Opportunity, yeah. the Blistering Barbecue of Brain-Dead Bozos, our Executioner of Existential Enemies, the Alchemist of Assonance and Alliteration. The Bodhisattva yeah. of Battle Rap, the Missionary of Modesty, Mesmerizer of the Masses, Joe Ugly of the Joe Ugly Show. Vain, you got to put Vain morning. in there. No, it's not his <laughs> fault that I'm singing his praises. Good morning, everybody. How's the whole but crew it is doing? But at
3: least you're you cutting them short.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Relative term. So uh, how's everybody doing this morning? Good. Doing well, you on, you. You know, it's, went it's on. It's
0: a little more than a week after election day. There's usually time of year when um, political battles and emotions calm down for a while, take a time out. But in fact... We are in the midst of maybe the most divisive, harsh, but maybe bring out some important issues. Political battle of the year, which is over who's going to be the next superintendent of our politics racked school system. Mm. Uh, we've had this very public process, which is different from what I think we've ever had it in New Haven. You know, in the past, the mayor would pick a, a school superintendent, that was it. And then that person would take charge and have a honeymoon period, and then people see how they did. Mayor Tony Harp did Not at the beginning of this process control the Board of Education, so she couldn't just do that. Then she did get control, but she was committed to a process by which the public would meet the candidates. We would have this big search, everyone would be vetted, everyone would meet them. And in fact, democracy went into overdrive because all these groups, based on different ideas they had about how the school should run, some very legitimate issues about education, as well as a lot of political fights that don't always have to do with. Uh, with education have all come to the fore. And now on Monday night, we're going to choose a new school superintendent. It's looking like this woman, Carol Burks, unless one of the people changes his mind on the uh, board of education. But in the meantime, we have protests. There's a big protest um, scheduled Sunday before the woman's even named by people who are concerned about her uh, uh, teachers and um, parents. And no matter who was picked at this point of the three, we were going to have big fights and big arguments. As I said. Some of them about the directions of schools, some of them about political fights in New Haven. So I've given you guys a leading question here, and I want to see if you agree with me. Did what look like a well-intentioned democratic process go off the rails and make it hard for us to move forward after this more than a year of political paralysis on the Board of Ed? Would it have been simpler if Mayor Tony Harp just picked somebody and then see how she did, and then we Go into it, or do you think we give her kudos for a difficult situation that she's dealing with, and had us all talk about whom we want? Let these political fights take place out in the open, and just try to work it out.
3: I think she did the right thing by just letting it go through the process. Because Lord help our prayer if she had chose someone, and people were up would be up in arms if they didn't like that person. Now Tony just got
0: reelected with seventy eight percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. Everyone who didn't like anything she ever did. Mm-hmm. Threw junk at her for months and months. Right, she took it from everybody. All right, everybody got their chance to make their case. Right, and overwhelmingly, New Haven voters said, "You're our mayor. We want you for a third term." She's got a mandate. So therefore, every mayor before her uh-huh. has made these kind of decisions and then faced the voters every two years. She says, "I'm different." When she first ran in 2013, she said, "I'm a woman. What's different about that?" So I do things more inclusively and more with process. Uh-huh. You think maybe um, the macho undemocratic men before her, they might have had a case for some of what they did, or is that just a macho undemocratic male behind the microphone saying that?
3: That's a lead-in question, (laughs) if I ever heard one. (laughs) I feel like it's a lot to
4: unpack, right? So I also feel like either way, had she appointed someone, there would have been a mess. Because the the folks who've been making hay on the Board of Education
3: all would have been up in arms. Would have been up in arms. I think it would have been a bigger mess than what it is right now. Exactly.
4: So there was going to be a mess. The question was, for me, who is going to be the superintendent most likely to be able to deal with whatever mess? Because let's be clear, this is the job. What's happening Mm -hmm. right now, all these factions, all these people up in arms about things, this is the job. in The side job that is in addition to dealing with the very specific thing of... Of, mm-hmm. of managing a school system. So are you saying well, that, is Keisha, the job. that
0: Carol Burks now is getting to know before she starts the job? This is a job. Right.
4: This is exactly what she's in for. Definitely. And I think the, un, sad to say the person who would have been less in for this would have probably been Pamela Brown because she's an unknown. What we do know about her is that she's been able to go into a tough situation and deal with it and then get fired over it. Mm. But like no one would have had the kinds of they wouldn't have pulled in her her certain affiliations to make a case why she's like part of this Illuminati of people what getting you talking
0: about. So like Garth Harry's when he was superintendent, he didn't really have a history in New Haven, knowing people and knowing how to operate New Haven. Carol Burks and Gary Highsmith do, even though Carol Burks doesn't live in New Haven. She's been in this area her whole life. She's part of a, a sorority, which is a wonderful sorority, which is the kind of thing we want everybody to do, which is to be part of civic groups and care about the community. She um she understands she has people who support her in the process so she'll be able to know people and, and maybe get things done. Gary Highsmith grew up here and went through the schools. Pam Brown's an outsider, so they would say she would bring an in perspective. But also you got three people with three very different outlooks on education. Absolutely. Carol Brown is a um a career like and, and when it brings up she got run out of Buffalo, that's because there's a guy named Carol a guy named Carl Palladino who's a vicious, wealthy, Mm white-wing Republican who didn't want a black woman in charge and just used his money and influence the driver out And that was part
4: of it, but also, like, don't forget, I think Chris's story reported that, in addition, she made changes in that school system that people didn't like. And they were changes for the better. And I think anybody who's coming into the school system, in New Haven school system, is going to have to, A, be prepared to make changes that people aren't going to, like... And this is what's going to happen, what you see happening right now. People organizing against them, people telling them how to do their job. That is what they're in for.
0: Well, part of what happened was that under Harry's, there's a deep suspicion among some teachers and parents about charter schools. There are a lot of people who feel like charter schools are an important alternative that give especially black parents someplace else to go if they don't like the traditional public schools and have ideas that help improve schools. There are other people who feel like they become a way, they think some other people think that's a way for now, with exceptions like Common Ground, which are what charter schools are supposed to be originally, yeah. that they've really been a conduit for white corporate money and white people telling black kids how to be more like robots and Correct. Make, and, and make them into test score dummies and then cream the top and uh, get only the students are easy to educate. So there's a whole debate about that and how you teach. It's a legitimate debate. There are two sides to that debate. Carol Burks has been much more open to the charter school cooperation. Remember, that was Charles Harry's first big fight was trying to have a contract with the Charter schools to do a public a NPA a public school funded charter school. You have Gary Smith, who's a very strong charter opponent philosophically, and then you have Pamela Brown, who's very much in the middle. She said charter schools' original vision was to make us better, give choice. They shouldn't replace traditional public schools, and she's kind of gone that middle ground. So there is that legitimate issue in the water. But there's also groups behind the surface. There's a big fight in the black community that's been going on for 25 years between Boise Kimber and one group that plays transactional politics, who's very much behind Carol Burks, and then Michael Jefferson and Kermit Carolina and Gary Highsmith, who felt like they don't like the black politics working that way, been against Kimber. And from the second this superintendent thing started, because Kimber was pushing Carol Burks they said, We don't want his influence in the Board of Ed because he's become too influential. That Board of Education's decisions are being made to please Boise Kimber by trying to give him a school that made no sense, by giving contracts to his friends, and then he stopped berating people. They said, We don't want that politics anymore. Then you have male female. So Carol Brooks is part of a sorority, which I said should be untouchable in these arguments. We have these wonderful fraternities and sororities and non political in town that. That really do a great job of, you know, charity and and civic density. But because she's a member of that fraternity, people start using that against her by saying, "You see, these groups are at play." So there are a lot of other agendas going on
3: here. Absolutely, Wouldn't that be that. used against any group that's that that's organized. I mean. If, that uh, could be
4: used against possibly the parents who are organized. Exactly. They're their own or faction. The, they want to have influence. Or the teachers group. Or the teachers right, groups. Yeah. Everybody has Everyone their has agenda. Own. Exactly. Unions. Thank you. Everybody has an agenda. So if and and the only you know, the only way to have had an agenda-free process, like there was never going to be a process that wasn't filled with people's agendas. Like that's we're all human. That's just how this works.
0: So I think what it comes back to is what you and I at the beginning of this episode offered two views. Which I always feel like I'm wrong on the substance, but I keep coming back to him. Maybe because I'm the male. You were saying it's good to have this all out in the open in advance, because then the kid but so knows what she's up for. But people still don't think this
4: process is transparent. Like that's the <laughs> thing. People like don't... this process has been crazy from the start. But you see, I believe it can't
0: ever convince people that it's transparent because no matter what happens, this happened with the. Police, I think if you if
4: we'd had a process that we'd articulated and followed. Like that's the like thing what? we've been trying to unfollow the process every since it's but kind of been that, established. But,
0: and that's a good point, Marquesa. But we did that with the police chief. We had a very set process for a search, and everyone still felt like if their candidate didn't get it, it was a flawed process. So Lou Casanova, who lost out and had all these supporters in the community, he sued the city and is partly stating in the lawsuit that as though this has some kind of legal basis. But look where the process he, worked. The process fire department. He's
4: an outsider. Yeah, some people were mad, but the the fire department has been blessedly quiet. Right, so that was the way that the process worked. <laughs> so maybe to, to for the the school system to get back on track, you need somebody from outside no, who's like, no, I no. want to whip this place into shape, and if I'm gone in three years, that's
3: what it is. So you I just think don't maybe so so you have enough hands Brown. involved in the fire department as it is in the school system and the police department?
4: What? I'm sorry, what?
3: No, I mean, <laughs> it have some people. It have a lot of people in play, but I think it's just even more in play when it comes. It's more political at the. Police and school. I just think so. I can't
0: imagine a more political department than the fire department. Yeah, same. Every time there's an argument about who showed up at a fire, it becomes which faction. Exactly. That's right. That's right. It's race, it's ethnicity, it's ins and outs, it's union management. So, under your argument, Markeisha, the attack would be Pamela Brown. Other people's argument was that sometimes you need the outsider, sometimes you need someone who knows the system from the inside. So, some people who wanted Gary Highsmith said he came up with the system, he really knows. And that when they picked the police chief, they said, now it's time to have someone from the inside because we've had all these outsiders and you need someone who's going to be here longer and came up through the system and isn't starting from square one. So there are two sides to that argument.
4: There absolutely are two sides, but I think the people who've who've been able to make the case have been been saying, you know, if I do come from the outside, what I promise you is I will groom the people on the inside so that you will get an insider the next time. They always say that it never happens,
0: ever. Three police chiefs said that and they didn't do it.
4: That's because I got fired, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so no but rep- we got an insider from the police department, so... That's
0: true after three I just, yeah. you
4: know, this is going to be a problem. This is the job, so, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my red and white because I'm apparently a part of the Delta Cabal. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm saying to well, you, declare- Carol Burks that if if you're going to take this job, this is the job, so This is the job. Let's declare... people telling you what to do. From all factions of life, whether they have your educational background or not, this is the job.
0: Good luck. Uh, um, Good luck. I think we could declare this an attack-free zone. I think maybe moving from this debate would be nice if the three candidates who are all respectable people do not get personal attacks. Because there are legitimate philosophical issues. Let's take community groups off the table. You know, let's not talk about sororities. They still have to deal, with, that board. deal, let's, let's deal with the <laughs> Whomever the he, superintendent is still has to deal with that board. Let's hear with Norm Rodriguez Reyes. Another issue below the surface here has been Latinos. So we didn't used to talk about this with previous superintendents, as Babs pointed out. But now Latinos have become the single largest group of the schools. That changed recently, that there are more Latino students than any other ethnic group in town. And it's going to keep growing. And Carlos Turos is on the board is very upset that there was a recently a Latino person who was one of the leading candidates for board ed for the superintendent's job Ed Joiner was pushing him Carlos Toro pushing him two board ed members that person got removed Carlos Toro was upset that there was no Latino in the mix and they coalesced around Pamela Brown because she's the only one who speaks Spanish some people would say well you can hire someone to speak Spanish number how did you feel about that now, please come close <sighs> obviously
2: to I, I would have liked um, a superintendent to have been Hispanic given the fact that I think 58% of the population um, is in the Board of Education of the children are Hispanic. Um, But sometimes I I feel that it has to be someone that can, because this job is not only intellectually inclined and with all of whatever um, qualifications you may have. I think this job is more being able to know how to um, shuffle all the different personalities and deal with all the political personalities that you're going to come across and if you can't be and if you can't do that then you're not going to be a good superintendent of schools because you have to deal with the politics you have to deal with the education and you have to do deal with the parents mm-hmm. and I am unfortunately I'm hoping that someone has a vision for the Latino community Um, because right now we don't have anyone with the vision Mm -hmm. of what's going to happen. And especially with the new migrant migrant community, the Puerto Ricans that are coming in from the Island because of what happened with hurricane Maria. Mm -hmm. So I don't see anyone with a vision for helping the Latino community, Mm -hmm. educationally speaking and being able to, to deal around the system. And we're talking about that on, on
0: uh, Pundit Friday in Dateline New Haven, at WNHH, your home for community radio, 103.5 FM, live stream, Babs, you waved in a, a lot with a passionate, wonderful um, discussion of this issue the hour before. You've now heard us cover a lot of different ground about what are the legitimate issues, what are the political agendas below the surface. What do you take from all that now?
1: I mean, I think, you know what, having, having somebody speak Spanish is not the same as having a person of Hispanic descent. So that's mm-hmm. number one. I find that a little insulting Very that insulting. somehow or other well, she speaks Spanish when we didn't require that for the last one hundred superintendents. Second of no, all, the but you know the
3: though.
1: bushes the bushes speak Spanish too, but we, nobody's advocating wanting them to be Wait president a second, again. But
3: they
0: did care about the little brown ones. You remember Whatever. George Bush yeah. yeah. about Tim the little Kane, brown ones? I mean, ones.
3: Jesus, he spoke Spanish, but he was a lug for vice president. How about Tim right, Tim Kane? You it was a terrible <laughs> cre- creepy Tim You either you know
1: we can we can get Spanish speaking people, really? but what you want is somebody who understands the culture right, and right. and the and the in, the uh, and the intrinseities the the smallness of, so of things need, that make up the
0: culture. Do we right. need a first Hispanic superintendent, or do we need what Tony Harp said, which is that it's time for a woman? Why well, can't well we, could, a have a a, we could have
1: a we could have a we could have a Latina
0: exactly. superintendent,
1: <laughs> and they come in all kinds of shit. So you could get you an Afro <laughs> <laughs> She's
2: uh, an Afro Panamanian. Those, yes, really. you mail. get your Afro
1: Panamanian. I mean, listen. <laughs> So and that's a win-win for everybody. But I don't see these little groups advocating for that. You know, I don't see them advocating for picking up the cause of a Latina uh, uh, or uh, or Latino. So, what do you advocate person. for in this case?
4: I'm advocating for whatever's in the best interest of these <laughs> the kids, yeah. and, the and that's the interest. thing that I don't feel like I'm hearing about. Right. I'm hearing about people's little factions and a little political whatever's, but I'm not hearing about kids. What's good for
2: kids? I'm
0: not hearing about what's. I, I hear what everybody ain't willing to do, exactly. but I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing what people are willing to do. Do you think it's good for kids that the Reverend Kimber spent a year and a half trying to drive out the last superintendent, and then once they started letting him decide who would get contracts? And then said, "We'll give you money to start a school that had no legitimate basis." All of a sudden, he stops trying to make life hard. Do you, are you concerned at all that he's pushing one of these candidates and that his influence will continue? I,
1: I'm I'm no concerned about any. I'm not as concerned about that as much as everybody is doing that. Like everybody <laughs> is doing that. He's Kimber is not operating in isolation. There's other people who is are there, sort of there, pushing is candidates. There, is, there, is
0: there anybody else who has has? Made it difficult for the board of ed to operate until he got personal contracts and a decision to have a school.
1: That whole board of ed has been a problem. I don't. I don't think you could sort of single out. You know, whatever.
0: Transactional politics. You said not having to do with kids. None of that discussion ever had to do with kids. But have you seen? Can you name another example of somebody who would speak at length the board of ed and refuse to stop speaking? and blast people and then say, I'll follow you now as long as this person gets this contract, this person gets this contract, and I get a score.
1: See, th- the problem I have with that whole conversation right there, as if somehow or other Kimber is all-knowing and all-powerful, as if somehow or other he's the Wizard of He is not. So if, if, if this is happening, then somebody has to sign off and allow for that.
0: Right, so some people are concerned about not letting him have an influence over who gets picked. Does he have influence who gets picked? I think big time.
1: Okay, so... Why? why, why he was, you
0: uh, if he you notice it? that every email that's gone around for the last three weeks about every deliberation went to board members and Boise Kimber, who has one board member who says, I'm the representative of Boise Kimber on this panel. He was very much advocating... What is? The person, I don't know what that means. He was advocating for the person who got chosen. He is in all the strategy sessions. I think he has a 30-year track record of of saying, I'm going to make trouble for you in power unless I get paid. And that that runs into public policy.
2: You know uh, how I see Kimber? Kimber just, he's out there, and he will say what he needs to say. There's other people that are doing exactly what Kimber is doing, but they know how to do it politically name correct. One. Name one. And they, in a very subtle way. Okay, name one. I. I I don't want to name anyone, but I Can know... you in your heart? In your mind right yes, now, you have a yes, name in your in head? Yes, in my heart and in my mind, I know that there's a whole bunch of factions out there that do exactly the same thing that Kimber does, but Kimber does it overtly. Mm-hmm. Whereas all these other people, they do it... Underhand,
3: underhand. covertly. Well, you know, I, I think Norma is correct about that, but I go back, I reflect to Babs' point. All of these, well, a combination of both. One, they all, everyone have their corners. So knowing that, I'm beyond that. I'm back to where Babs opened up and said, and Markeisha, in it for what's best for these kids. Who who's going to come out of whichever corner you're on? And it's going to be best for these kids. At the end of the day, what's the board of Veterans all about, kids? Because
1: clearly, they hired a, a team of people to 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 flesh out candidates, mm-hmm. and what happened to that? So. And folks didn't feel some kind of way. It's like, well, it wasn't local, right? Local, well, it wasn't Everybody enough local people. So then they threw out that whole process, process right? and then took whatever the the, the the folks said. No, these people weren't qualified to do this, but we're gonna put them in the mix anyway. So now this is where we are. So you know, we can't <laughs> we can't pick and choose when we jump in and out of the process when it suits
0: us. You either be, all in or you all out. That's why and I keep reverting to all- wondering whether we should even have a process. I think Mark. I don't think there's anything basis. wrong with
4: having a process. Right. What's wrong is having a process you don't follow. Right. If you have a process, <laughs> and, and all the people who are trying to eat at the process, mm-hmm. and there are lots of people trying to eat at the process because they know that if they eat at the process enough, well, we'll just abandon the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had we not abandoned the process, had we said this is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. and no, you don't get to have a say, and no, you don't get to have a say, and you don't get to to use your process to circumvent this process. Mm-hmm. And just follow the process, people would have trusted the transparency of that process. But what you have is people publicly taking down the process. People who are supposed to be invested, the board, invested in the process, who turn their back on the process when it doesn't yield the results they want. Want. That's the problem. And And if if the, the school system had followed its own process, people still would have been mad. Yeah, they still would have been mad. But you would have been able to transparently look back at each part of the process and say, we said we were going to involve parents in this way. We did that. We said mm-hmm. we were going to involve certain people in this way. And we did that. We followed all the steps that we said we were going to follow. We did not divert from the process. This is what when people started saying, oh, we want somebody local. should have said, no, 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 that's not the process. This is what the process yielded. These are the candidates that are available to you. That's it because we chose to abandon now if the process was to not have a process then we should have done that Mayor could have appointed people to be mad and yeah. been fine but because we chose <laughs> to have a process that we did not follow people are mad so and rightfully a, so 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 at the end of all this and that's of not this, the candidate's fault that's not no, even their yes, fault it's not their that's fault that's not their fault it's
0: because one group controlled the board at one point and they just wanted to get rid of the last superintendent and spend 9 months doing nothing Then they started a process they wanted to control, and then the politics changed. Daisy Gonzalez, the board president, died. Mayor Harp finally got control. The board of ed got to name people, so power shifted. So then who controlled the process changed, and two people who were allied in controlling the process at the beginning, Ed Joyner and Darnell Goldson, divided and became foes. So then they tied it up for weeks arguing about what the process would be exactly but happened. if they had
4: established a process before any of that happened and said no matter what we followed it like the process doesn't change just like you said the circumstances around the process change which allow people to say well we're just going to change the process no
0: so some people would argue <laughs> no. that, that often happens with politics process change circumstances change and we have a democratic process for electing a mayor every two years so within those two years that mayor can just
4: but that's why i'm advocating for the process it can be political all around the process but if you follow the process like if we say these are the five things we're going to do to uh, to appoint the next superintendent and i don't care if somebody new gets elected somebody new gets appointed you tell those people this is the process we're gonna like it's like having a little bit of ton of vision i don't care who the players are around that change and they can do all their political stuff and what they want to do but if you follow the process if you follow and we don't deviate from the process because new people are involved in the process Then the process works. You, again, might not like the results of the process. But what you can say to the public is we laid out this process. We told you all what this process was. The search firm came back with these candidates. These are our candidates. That is where that process went off the rails. If they had gone with the candidates like which aren't. I'm not even sure if the candidates that we have now are the candidates that the original process yielded. If we had never deviated from that script and said this is what it is. I'm sorry, y'all mad, but we said this was the process. We told y'all in the beginning, this is the process. Things changed. People went on and off the board. This is the process. Again, like you still take the, you take the vote based on what you have. Like, this is where the process went off the rails for me. And if they had stuck with the process, I don't think people would be mad,
2: but it, I don't think it would be this level of chaos. But you know what? Um, I think this is kind of the nature of the beast because right now we're thinking about three candidates, final candidates. But I have I know for a fact that like in Hartford and in Bridgeport and other cities, they had candidates. But finally some of the candidates said, No, 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 I cannot deal with the politics. Right, two of the, we And two are our of our candidates that. did the same. Yeah, you two know? of our
0: leading candidates said, I'm out of here. I might be one of your finalists, but this place is a mess. I'm not coming yeah. here. Yeah.
2: And, and and so you know that that's and, something you know, that we see, have to think about Monday, and you that's know something what that's seen. always going to happen but in a process something? like that.
3: People who do that, and see, you know, especially in a critical situation like this, they say, don't "Oh, you know, right it's candidate. just too much. I'm out." I mean, good 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 riddance, bad rubbish. You know, I, I have no time for that. If you're going to quit in the process, knowing that, okay, what are you really coming in for? What, what's the purpose of even putting your name forward for if you don't expect to have? Talks you are you coming know, in for you, the
2: benefits and the money. It, 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 well, that's a
3: problem. And that's <laughs> the or maybe problem. you
0: want to make a difference, and then you look at the mess and you say, maybe I can't make a difference here because these guys are bozos. And, and that's, that's why you fine. should go.
3: Go, go. Keep moving. You can't. And you have admitted. Well, that let's you keep can.
0: moving because the process we're talking about is funded Friday <laughs> on WNHH Radio, your home <laughs> for community radio, one by 5 <laughs> FM Live, Stephen Newhaven Independent.org. You know, there was another process this week that also went kaput. For years, we've had a vacant school in Fairhaven called Strong School, mm. historic mm. building. Right along Grand Avenue, main corridor of Fairhaven, years and years, we've been spending $80,000 a year. They claim to keep it up, and it's still a mess, bringing down the neighborhood. And we said, we want to do something with this building, vacant building. And so there was a group in the neighborhood that wanted to make it an arts center and apartments, and the city concluded, you know, you don't have the financing, so this ain't going to work. So the city found a developed for Meriden, and he said, I want to make a bunch of apartments here. And they said, ooh, we can get this off our tax rolls. Instead of paying, I bet it back on the tax rolls. We can get close to a million dollars just to sell it and get the fees. And then every year get another 300000 in taxes and have people live in there. But the guy they picked was really rude to everyone in the neighborhood, haughty. And then they have this whole process how we sell schools because we corruptly sold the school in nineteen early 80s to the that's gone school. So the court said every time you sell a school, you have to have this process. So we had a process. Should we sell to this developer or not? And the neighborhood... People who did not get to do their project shot him down and he made it worse for himself, the developer, by being really rude and haughty to the neighborhood. And there are legitimate arguments, too, about, well, this isn't going to be subsidized housing. Do we want subsidized housing there? Are the apartments too small? And and then they even argued about the process. There aren't enough neighborhood people on the committee, so they put neighborhood people on the committee. And then this week at City Hall, they said, over. We d- recommend that we just start over again. So the process did not end up in any way with us Turning a vacant eyesore that's costing us a lot of money on a main drag of Fairhaven into a place that either has housing or community activity and produces taxes and doesn't cost us to keep up. Any thoughts on that process moving forward?
4: <laughs> they followed their process and they got the results that they wanted. I don't I well, I I mean result, what we are, need. that's it, not exactly. the results that we it, need. It's not. But they also live in that neighborhood, so they have to live with an eyesore in their neighborhood. I, they, I would think that that would be an expedient reason to get something done, but it's not an expedient reason to take the first thing that somebody throws at you, I guess. Right. I'm not taking sides on who was right, yeah.
0: but I'm saying in the end, everybody has lost a process. Absolutely. And with, I guess the they get to live with is, that. We have a citywide interest too. to that building, city taxpayers of Spain and keep it up instead of having it be a, a resource that's giving us something back. So what does that say about this process? If it ends up years later with everybody losing. Why do we want a process where everybody loses in the end?
4: I don't know that they wanted a process where they were going to lose. <laughs> no, but I mean, what we take from it.
1: I mean, I think the community has to decide what it is that they want, and they have to be realistic in those
0: in those thoughts. How do we determine who the community is? You took. And how okay, do we all right. Determine what they go, want. Go, Norma. Go. And what about when when there isn't any one answer? That's what politics is, when there isn't anyone to answer and how do we solve these problems. Basically, well, that's why you have okay. leadership. You so know, po- yeah, that's why you have leadership.
2: I think if you analyze well the community, you will always see that it's the same individuals. Come on. When you talk about community, how many of the common people that go to work nine to five or Who in this case that meeting. work two jobs, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really involved in the process. There's only a very few amount of people that probably have their own vested interests that are really involved in what is called the community process. And, you know, Norman, that brings up a larger question about democracy. So you never have a majority of people
0: following an issue. And in democracy, if the door is open for everyone to participate, you talk about the small number of people who show up, And there's two. and I agree with you, there's two ways of looking at that. You could say if everybody has a chance to show up and a small group is the one that cares enough to, to pay attention and show up, then we should applaud that. And of course, we should applaud people who get involved in the community. So maybe they should have an outsized say if they care more and they participate more. Other people would say, but they don't represent the majority, but you can't just take a poll of everybody who's not paying attention about what we should do about the school. I think this is one of the de- dilemmas of democracy, people. And I think that's what we're facing in New Haven with the school search, with the strong school, is how do you make good decisions in democracy that give everyone a chance to participate, reflect the popular will, but also enable people who run a government to make decisions in the end that can benefit the whole city.
3: You said democracy, you know, are giving people, well, what was that term you used? Giving them the
0: opportunity I'm- to participate. Like I look at that with journalism. So they say like, you know, you write an article about a zoning board. You're never gonna have as many people read that as will read National Enquirer or the obituaries, <laughs> which is cool, or listen to. Want to know? Did I die today? <laughs> but if everybody gets to have the opportunity to read about zoning, and then if fifteen percent of the community is interested in that, and then they participate, I would argue that that's democracy.
3: I agree because just because you're you get the opportunity to be, but then you have people just because they got the opportunity to. To get the information, they think they have the opportunity. <laughs> they have they're in the decision making process. So, you know the full because I, I think as if you look at our process in this country, a political process, we have the, the constituents, and then you have our representative, and they represent us. So I think if we use it as that same way, if you have at whole, it goes out to the community, and then you have certain individuals that are you know are in a position to make the decisions to work with the city to get the you know the the mission accomplished, for lack of a better description. I I think that is more that's democracy. if we, I guess follow me.
4: What like. never seemed quite like I I don't I felt like with the strong school the discussion really went off the rails when folks didn't when there were people in the community who didn't get what they wanted and so there was never a discussion of like well how can we get something realistic like how like how can we get create a plan that's realistic affordable and that meets. Nobody get, is going to get 100% of what they want. And I think so So often we lose sight of that. Like, you're not, whether it's the superintendent or it's the strong school, you're not going to get 100% of what you want. The person's not going to check all your, your bells and whistles, right? And too often we're, it seems we're requiring either it's my stuff or it's no, no stuff. stuff.
3: That's what I was trying to get to. I mean, maybe so maybe democracy will room.
0: only be as good as the people involved involved. So maybe rather than a system or a set of rules, it's our people... Involved, though,
3: those who are... Because there are are
4: people who have the opportunity because they have jobs that allow them a lot of flexible time. Or they get off at 5 o'clock and other people, like Norma was saying in the community, don't get off until... Seven, 7 or o'clock. 8 or and maybe yet, midnight and yet
0: you look at the civil rights movement it was people who were cleaning houses and dead tired at the end of the other day who still came out to the Birmingham church at night and filled at the capacity but the people timing find of the those time... church
3: was, oh, was later on so when you work later hours it wasn't a, if you were working at the same time they had the meeting which is they, what we they exa- had now. they had the meeting now, at a time
4: that was a, a, amenable for the people who you. had to get off late so that's the difference so and, and you know we talk about like the people who are not paying attention um Certain, certain people feel a certain, how do I wanna say this? See. And this is more a cl- uh, class based thing than even race to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's people who have the, the leisure class, who have the opportunity to be involved and super mm-hmm. focused on certain right. things, and other people who are like, I gotta go to work. On, I, I gotta <laughs> go to work. That's <laughs> often true, but if you look and at New Haven
0: politics, sometimes ward committees or af- magic absolutely. committees. Absolutely. But are in that's fact what I'm about to say, class-led. which is that there,
4: there has to be an apparatus of people who say, this is an important issue. I'd, I would argue that it's it's the alders in that community who have that burden to go to people's houses door to door and say, look, somebody wants to do this thing.
3: Please well, say that again. Please say that exactly again. Because I, that's what I was saying. There's the group. They're the constituents. and Exactly. There's the and there has
4: to be that's, an active part on the alders you. to go to, uh, to those people that you think aren't paying attention. It might be they're not paying attention because they don't know. Correct. And so... It's it's a burden on the elders to get people who are not necessarily. And I know Babs is like I used to be an elder, so I know about the burdens. <laughs> but like to get those people who you who maybe are not who who are really the true representatives of the community, like who the community the community mm-hmm. is going to be most impacted by what happens to the Strong School, mm-hmm. to get those people involved. When I think about what happened with Church Street South, going into Church Street South and holding meetings in Church Street South, I think made the difference in having people from Church Street South's voices heard. So you have to go. Sometimes you can't wait for the people to come. Right. That's what we say about church. You can't wait for the people to come. You have to go get them. Right. So that's the same with community politics. Like you have to. Like there's a there's a, a role for us all to play. You have to go get them. Now, if you know, I'm I'm not knocking the alders. I don't know what happened in that process. I only went to one strong school meeting where it seemed like there was a faction of people who had definite ideas about what they wanted that got shot down and didn't want to hear the reality. Like we that it's not going to happen because nobody can pay for that. There's no bank that's gonna give somebody money for that, and I know we like to believe in like grassroots efforts. Like n- that just wasn't gonna happen. And then
0: the irony is, so then they brought in this developer who has built other stuff, but then he was unrealistic. <sighs> he was gonna spend way too much per apartment to be able to make his money back.
4: Exactly. That Nobody wants weird. to live in a tiny fifteen hundred dollar apartment. Like that's, that. That doesn't feet. make any sense. Oh my
0: god. But, but they, but so they, but they do no, want that doing
4: but that. People do want to live
0: downtown often and can't afford to. We've had a lot of discussion about that in New Haven. Mm-hmm. How we have had a lot an upscaling of downtown with a lot of new market rate apartments built, which is adding to our tax base, supporting local businesses, giving people jobs, but they can't live there. So the Hotel Duncan is one of the last places where you had single room occupancy housing. You had 37 people there whom we have found other places to live for. Um, now that the Tuncan is going to be turned into an upscale hotel, the Unite Here Union which controls the Board of Alders, had a bunch of their alders try to stop that conversion. They have proposed a six-month moratorium, which Oakland and Chicago have done in the past, on any conversions to, from an SRO while we have a policy for how to prefer and create more affordable housing. They, they haven't yet passed that, and the builder of the hotel rushed and got a building permit to start work, so now legally it can't affect them. How did you feel about that whole episode?
4: I thought it took a very important issue and made it very political in a way that had nothing to well, do with Well you Well, I here tradition.
0: traditionally in the past has tried to use public pressure to get builders of new hotels to agree to neutrality agreements, meaning that you can have a union. And that's a good argument for that, even though these guys are never honest in telling you publicly what they're up to, which makes people nuts. The Omni Hotel, we held up the conversion of the Park Plaza into the Omni until there was an agreement to allow a union to be there. I would argue that that was a great thing for New Haven because now – a developer made his money. Fine. He made it a nicer place because the Bark Plaza had gotten pretty downbeat. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And But everyone working there now can afford to feed their family, and it's a pretty good level of service there, right? But and they so, can't afford to live down. But downtown. to get there, people, get, <laughs> people don't like when you're holding up someone. someone's doing saying, therefore, you want a union because that's the union's narrow interest. You're holding up what's good for the city. But they, if they were honest, could come back and say, we think it's good for the city that yeah. everybody's sharing prosperity exactly. and you have union jobs that pay well.
4: And I think those are two good issues. And it it seemed to muddy the issue because I think the issue of SRS and who is downtown for? Do we want to be a downtown where only wealthy people live and work and play and the rest of us just work down there? And like I, I work downtown, but I don't live down here. Right. Like who is downtown for so are we, ugly? I, oh, he's yeah. Seen, Joe, he is is, he is it for Joe for Ugly? Cloud. He lives he, he lives downtown he, and he, works 16, downtown. He, yeah. Like, is it, so is it for Joe Ugly? Is it for everybody? Right. <laughs> so there's that question, and how do we balance? <laughs> how do we balance that out? Right. But also, there, there. I mean, it's it's an important issue about whether people get to unionize and have good jobs, jobs that allow them to live downtown.
0: Like, why do we want to build up but the But it seemed town just so jobs-
4: sneaky yeah. the way it all went down, right? And so you have the, the developer scrambling to get his permit so that he can, like, block it. And, you know, developers- by the way, this is the same developer that paid money to have the people who lived in the Dunkin' find new housing and paid, like, their first rent-, rent and security deposit. So he's like, so we can't, broad brochure with the the developer, nasty developer who just wants to make money. Like he actually is expending money in our town. Like so he's a good actor and to pin it to just his development, like why don't we pin it to everybody's development and say, Well (laughs) we want everybody who develops in downtown New Haven to put twenty percent affordability in their apartments. I and if they don't, we don't man- let them
3: build. I think that should be mandatory across the board. I do but too, I, but I, who's I, I, gonna I, pay
4: for that? But you, you but, can't you can't
0: le- and we have been doing it actually, but you can't legally do it when the when the builder is not getting that, any and you you right. And Matthew yeah. wasn't as of right was having right. SRO housing there. It was grandfathered, it was grandfathered because the hotel from eighteen ninety four. There was no main staircase that was protected to flee in a fire there was no wheelchair disability access, and they have Everything to do all that stuff when they read that the way in here.
1: No, I just, I mean, it's a hotel, and it had a long run as a as a
0: housing. But it also had wealthier people in there too. As a yeah, kind of I mean, joint. you know, you know, so change. You're saying you're not worried about. Change.
1: I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about changing in as much as you know what. At the end of the day, we we have to find ways to fund what we say we want to do in this town through taxes and whatever. So we have to do that. And we can't make it unattractive for businesses to come here. So we have to find a way to sort of make it attractive as well as um, appeal to our our, our 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 needs and to our citizens. So so, so we I, have to we have to we have to be mindful of both things. I don't and I don't it's not it's not enough to say, um, um, you know, we're gonna shut this down or whatever. We we gotta look at look at everything and we gotta find middle ground. What is affordable housing? What how do we determine affordable housing? Right. What right. is twenty percent of affordable housing? Affordable housing to you might mean something totally right. different and, and if the money comes to, to the me. Federal
0: government versus the state government—they they they actually define, define it, yeah. affordable housing differently. In some places, right. workforce housing you can make up to 70, eighty thousand, but if you have kids, that is you're still getting priced out of the still, market. Other cases, you're really looking at people who are making thirty or less. Or yeah, public assistance. So, yeah. so,
3: and then there'll be people who's like, well, they how they is that count. affordable housing? And they both exactly. count. But all in all, Paul, I gotta say, you know, like I lived in. a, beautiful beautiful community a beautiful home in mean, our neighborhood on the shoreline beautiful neighborhood terrible community terrible it's like the people don't know each other people don't communicate it is a terrible community i would hate to see that happen downtown I would really
0: hate to see What's it what's it like, Joe? You're on the ninety seventh floor. <laughs> <or 68. laughs> do
3: you know moving on? Do you know your neighbors?
4: <laughs> to you know the east side. My <laughs> you know,
0: in my building.
3: In my building, I'm known like the mayor. You know, it's like <laughs> Oh, uh, the mayor. The you gotta mayor. add that one. <laughs> no, no. no the, the mayor. No, that's what they you know, yeah. it, it's like three huh. sixty. When I see people, I speak with them. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Hi, how are you doing? I get in the elevator. I'm not gonna just stand there next to someone and just not speak. People do it, but I break. I often try to break the ice because it's important to me. One of my neighbors the record, he's like, "What are you like the mayor? You always speak to everyone. So you got a problem with that?" He said, like, "No, I'm just saying." You know, like, that was very you New know. Haven of you. Got a problem with that?
0: Not only do we not have a problem, <laughs> yeah. we celebrate the fact that you're listening to the mayor Joe. The again, mayor. <laughs> on Pundit Friday at three at. Uh, WNH8 is not 360 states. Thank you know, 3.5 FM and live stream. <laughs> you know, There's another process that's to getting I'm a slow start, And that's the process of deciding who's going to run for the Democrats to be the next governor oh, of the state. Jesus. So what I've been learning because you know, the whole A-team <clears> dropped out. <throat> this week, Nancy Wyman, Lieutenant Governor, who was the last chance of everyone who's saying, can we have someone who might be able to win the next governor's race in 2018? She dropped out. What I'm told is that the internal polling is showing every Democrat, even if they're like Moses, Charles, and Heston, would lose <laughs> to any Republican, <laughs> even if they're Mickey Mouse, and get creamed in the next election, what polls are based on so nobody wants to run, polls. basically. Oh. So that's why you saw Kevin LeMbo drop out. That's why oh, you okay. saw Ted Kennedy's not running. Now Nancy Wyman, because it shows that even if you're beloved and popular, and in Nancy Wyman's case, she's the one who actually is the most experienced. Not only okay. is she a popular politician, she's like made Obamacare work here. Mm-hmm. She's been a state legislator for years. She was on a board of ed. She's been a governor running. running the Senate, and she's not running. And she's also seventy-two. But what it's showing is that a lot of times, more than a year before an election. The A team will read polls and get scared. So I keep going mm-hmm. back people to nineteen ninety one, the yes. first George Bush was president mm-hmm. and he had invaded Iraq, and every poll showed that he if no matter who you are as a Democrat, he's going to kill you because his popularity yep. was like at seventy something. No, he was a ninety.
3: He was a ninety. He hit ninety. So the 91. whole
0: first string and second string dropped out, and a governor from Arkansas named Bill Clinton yep. said, "I can beat this guy because the whole issue was is really the economy." Right, and he won. Right, so I'm wondering whether. There's no question Democrats have a very tough challenge next year because everyone thinks it's going to be a Republican governor. Even though there are only four hundred something thousand registered Republicans in the state versus seven hundred something thousand Democrats and eight <laughs> hundred something independents, the independents tend to be saying in polls now we want a Republican next for a whole bunch of reasons. And the legislature yeah. might go Republican even though all our congressmen and senators are Democrats. Mm. So all the first string is sitting out. Like Bill Clinton the race is Dan Drew with thirty something mayor from Milledown, but he's already screwing up a bunch of times. People aren't like hoping for him. Every Republican and their father and grandmother is trying to run for governor because they think it's Yeah, they think layup. it's their year. I'm wondering, the Republicans have an incredible track record of picking lame candidates for offices they would otherwise win in Connecticut. I'm thinking the last two governor races, Dan Loy, four years ago, had such a low popularity rating that it seemed anyone could beat him. Yet he won by attacking a very weak candidate. The Republicans ran for governor twice. Last two Senate races, they ran someone who was very weak but had a lot of money. Do you think the Democrats are why sitting this one out?
3: No, no, not at all. And and you know, you said uh, Paul, you date back to ninety-one with George Bush and uh, Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton. But well, let's just look at Virginia. Just last week, I mean, it wasn't looking at like if the the Democrat was going to win that one. But look what took place. Look, not only just the state house, uh, not just the governor's uh, mansion, but the state house. Got swung, you know, but well, right now there's four seats that's still up in the air, I believe. But the Democrats really did a great job. It's a matter of people coming out and saying, hey, you know what? I I believe in what, what I do. And if a politician, like, you know, I understand. When he said you mentioned something that was really wrong with you, I'm not even going to hold you on that. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to repeat it. I'm going to let you okay. slide. No, Don't want me slide. But, uh, no, Hit I'll give you a me. slide Hit on me. that one. But anyway. I don't um, want to slide. Nancy Wyman, I think that uh, she would have been a great candidate, and I'm not going to blame it on her age. Uh, Oh yeah,
0: but uh, you know what? She would have to be 80 by the end of her second term because you don't try to win one race for an open seat and not try to go for two. So what's wrong
3: with 80? Orrin Hatch is how old?
0: That's what's wrong with 80.
2: Oh Oh, God!
3: God.
0: No, but you know
2: what? Nancy Wyman said I'm better than Orrin Hatch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? An interesting (laughs) phenomenon that's going on nowadays. I think we're (laughs) probably in a very good timing for a low-wiker to occur again. No, no. For a Connecticut party. When I say low-wiker, I mean a third party. Look what's happening right now in Stanford, okay? You have more registered unaffiliates then you statewide. do Republican statewide, or Democrat, and now even statewide. And now that's a phenomenon that's happening in the inner cities, also, in which you know what they're purposely not registering, telling people not to but register those some with any party. Those some so what's me? happening is that the decisions are no longer going to be made in the primaries, especially the Democratic primaries. I think the decisions are now mm-hmm. going to be made general. in November.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing, we're seeing that in New Haven a little bit too. Yeah, even bit. in Blue New Haven. <laughs> oh.
1: I mean, Shop I wish, I, you know, I hope, I hope a candidate comes new. through, cause I, registered. I think we still need a democratic, we need a, a democratic. In the in the in the highest law you know, office, you some in of the
0: Republicans—they're not all these right-wing Republicans. There are some pretty decent people seeking the Republican. I know, but too. you know
3: what? It doesn't is, for, for me. It, it's poisonous. <laughs> From, yeah, I, yeah, that's how I
1: feel. Sorry. I'm I was sorry. like, you know you what? Just it, it's just—it's just too.
0: I'm going to keep an open mind on the governor's race. I can't. I don't no. think either party <laughs> should give up. I think they should each try to feel good candidates, mm. and I think yeah. Norma's right. We should always be thinking who might be the independent in the mix. Yeah. Norma, that was a really interesting observation. That was.
4: I'm always I'm always with Paul because I. Having lived in a state that is currently making national news, (laughs) I've seen governors at the governor level. I've seen folks do the right thing, regardless of party in Virginia. Alabama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not today, though. Al- not, not today. In Alabama. But again, it's, it's Alabama. Uh, that's it, the exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. not currently. Not currently. It's have not consistent. But Alabama, I, I've seen maybe? a governor whose party that I wouldn't necessarily agree with on mm-hmm. all things do the right thing and work with Democrats because a, he didn't have a majority oh gosh, in the state you house. Clever? You worked as a
0: reporter in our group. I did. What so, are you thinking now when you're watching oh, Roy Moore in that? Y'all,
4: campaign? y'all are seeing Alabama at its it's most core like that what's happening and the, the people like who support Roy Moore digging in and saying i'd rather have a pedophile as opposed to a democrat and that's like that is that points. is that's not all of alabama let's be clear about right. that that's why there are reasonable people in there but yeah. you also have people who went to like law school with roy moore and consider themselves republicans mm-hmm. and who are like oh i'm going to just stay home instead of doing what one of the Bushes did and saying I voted for, for Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. like saying I'm going to do the right thing because right. the reasonable, I had a good friend who had gave this analysis which is that the reasonable thing that they can do is get Doug Jones who's a Democrat who oh mm-hmm. by the way prosecuted the Klan, come Thank on you. Um, get him in and then find a reasonable Republican to rubnick against him in two years and he's gone like if that's if being a Republican, if that's what it means to well, you, you know if what? being a Republican having that seat is important to you, let that Democrat. And it sort of sounds like this this governor's race. He let might, the Republican he run might, and be, have a Democrat run against him when it's time. He you might you be run? gone
0: in Alabama, Marquisha, but we're gonna be back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're gone now. Folks. I'm sure people wish we were gone right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after Bav today's show. About,
0: after what Bab said about Monday, not only we're we not gone, we're gonna show up. And you gotta. Are we gonna Bav? do Pundit Monday, Monday? We oh. are ready for you. You know, thank you for joining us today with Pundit Friday, oh, the is. best home. Oh, I bet pundits you be mad. Oh yeah, I know people are mad. Babs rolls Ivy, Marquisha Ricks, Norma Rodriguez Reyes, Joe Ugly, and Harry Dros—the best pundits in the universe and the best gang to hang out with on Friday before the weekend starts. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're going to take it out with the afro semitic experience. Happy to Friday
4: people in spite of it all.
0: Performing, <laughs> I wish I knew how it Feel to be free from the group CD A Plea for Peace. Now we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. Book it and fly free with us all weekend long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.